What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I am your host, Mike Milner. And today I was joined by a very special guest. I had Shannon Collins on the show with me, the gym nurse on Instagram. You may know her as her handle at the gym nurse. Uh, we had a great conversation that I think you're all going to love. Shannon had my favorite quote of the day, and I'm just going to drop it right now so that when you hear it, you're going to be like, oh, that's what he was talking about. She said, maintenance does not mean maintaining your leanest weight. That is a mic drop quote right there. So that just gives you a little taste of what to expect with this episode. And we started something new on the show. This is the first time that we're doing this, but I've got some free supplements to give out. And the winner of the free supplements for leaving a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcast is Kylie K. Ludd. Thank you so much for the review. It says, I just picked this at random, so it just went into a drawing. Um, I'm not playing favorites here, but uh, Kylie's review said, always something helpful. Been listening for a while, and I always find something helpful from Mike's podcast. I love his emails too. I appreciate the shout out for the email. If you're not on my emails um, or not receiving my emails, you should go to neurotypetraining.com slash email. Get yourself subscribed. Uh, so Kylie K. Ludd, please email me at mike at peakoptimizationperformance.com so I can get you hooked up with your free supplements. We're going to do this every single week on Monday's episode. I'm going to announce the winner. If you leave a five-star rating and review for that week, you are eligible to win some free supplements. I'm either going to do from our pop brand supplements, uh, from Organifi, or from Cured. You will have your choice, and we will send it to you for free. All you have to do is leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If you guys enjoy this conversation, please tag us on Instagram and let us know. You can take a screenshot of the episode, post it to your stories, tag me at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner, and you can tag Shannon at the gym nurse. With that being said, enjoy the episode. All right, everyone. I am joined today by a very special guest. I have Shannon Collins. I'm wondering if people actually know your real name or if they just call you the gym nurse. <laughs> it's a little bit of both. Yeah. I actually met some people um, when I was traveling this past week and I've I've heard both and I respond to both. <laughs> yeah. Funny. Well, I would love to hear how the gym nurse came to be uh, and just kind of like the origin story, how you got into this space in the industry. Um, you're somebody that I've been following for a little while and just truly appreciate all of the the content that you put out and your message. And I'm excited to uh, just hear like the, the background story of, of how it all came to be. Yeah, sure. So um, I have been a registered nurse for 21 years now. Um, that was my main career for the longest time. Um, I don't know, probably six, seven years ago, I kind of had like a moment where I was like, I, I need to make a change. Like things, things were progressively getting worse for myself with my health and my body. And I had never really had to worry about that before and kind of had an eye opening experience at the doctor. And that was kind of my spark to change. Um, it actually was at like an employee physical, um, 
So that kind of was the catalyst for everything. Um, I never in a million years intended that it would turn into like a career. Um, I just wanted to lose like 10 pounds so that I could get cheaper health insurance. And um, things just kind of snowballed, um, you know, seeing my body change and feel better and success with that was just like the spark I needed to continue on. And I pretty much just haven't stopped since. So, um, you know, along the way I was documenting my journey for my friends and family. Sorry, I'm going to let my dog out of here. Um, and the, um, you know, people started to take notice and wanting to know what I'm doing and do I help other people? And that kind of stimulated me to look into, getting more educated and coaching people who are in the same situation as myself. So that happened probably like in 2018 and here we are now. Yeah. I would love to peel back the layers a little bit of what you were experiencing when you noticed like things were getting progressively worse. And then you had the, the scare at the doctor and like, what were some of the things that you were noticing physically? And like, what were some of the initial action steps that you took to start to make that change? Because I think sometimes it feels overwhelming for a lot of people when we think of the end goal instead of just like, what can I do today? So what was that process like of what were you noticing and experiencing? And what were some of those initial changes that you started to make? Sure. So just growing up, I never really had to worry about um, weight or anything. I was, I guess you could say I was lucky or whatever. I could kind of eat whatever I wanted and maintain just like, you know, a pretty healthy looking physique. It wasn't like I was uh, maybe eating the best things when I was younger, but um, never got real overweight. But after I had my kids, I have two teenage daughters. Um, They were very close together in age. They're uh, 14 and 15. It was kind of like motherhood threw me through a loop and managing that and like trying to figure out how to be a mom and have a career, um, you know, managing stress, using alcohol and wine to do that at night. That was becoming like a regular habit. Um, all of that lifestyle just kind of caught up with me where it was like, wow, like all of a sudden I'm looking in the mirror and I'm like 40 pounds heavier than I ever had been. I was at like my pregnancy, like a uh, nine month pregnancy weight and I wasn't pregnant. So that was just super eye opening. Um, and then, like I said, I went to the doctor and they were like, you know, if you, um, want to qualify for this health, you know, the insurance was set by, um, you know, kind of like if your cholesterol was in check and if, um, your blood pressure was okay and your BMI and all that, and all of my stuff was just, you know, kind of not off the charts, but not normal. So I just, that was a huge wake up call. And I know a lot of people don't like BMI and all that, but, um, it was, it was a a spark for me to change. And I definitely had a reason to change. There was things, you know, lifestyle habits that were happening that, that needed to change. So, um, you know, of course I never dove into it and I'm doing what I do now is like you said, it's like, it's baby steps. Um, 
at first for myself, I didn't want to believe that I needed to change my diet. That was like really hard for me. And I didn't want to, and, and for the longest time, I didn't want to do it because I didn't want to give up the, the wine at night. It was like, um, I knew that I was probably going to need to do that. And I didn't want to do that. So I wanted to believe that I could just work out and make changes. And, you know, it was like, I was lifting weights. Um, I come from a family who is into weightlifting. Like my dad is 71 years old and still does it. So I, that was like ingrained in my head that that was important. So I actually started with that, um, still kind of eating a hot mess, but, uh, luckily I was able to build some muscle during that time. Cause I wasn't really in a calorie deficit and making much change. Um, and then it kind of took, it was, you know, a light bulb moment that if I want to really lose this fat, I have to make some changes with my nutrition. Um, counting macros completely overwhelmed me. I had heard about it. Um, so just making small like changes that I, you know, I'm not, wasn't like educated like I am now, um, making small changes that I felt like I could handle and kind of reducing carbs and, um, limiting sugar and stuff like that. I started doing that and just those little, and eliminating the, the, the alcohol that those changes, you know, were giving me some decent results for a while. Um, it came to a point though, where it was like, I really did feel restricted by that lifestyle. Like, Oh, I'm, I'm like having to cut out bread and like sweets and, it just didn't feel like this is going to be manageable long-term. So that was kind of when I was like, I need to figure out how I want to continue this because I'm loving how I'm feeling. I'm looking better. Um, but I knew that type of that approach was not going to be livable for a lifetime. So that's when I got more into like macros and like, okay, let's reintroduce carbs in a, in a healthy way back to my uh, life and, and go for it, go from it from there. And that was just super eye opening because it was like my body, like almost just responded so well to like having the carbs and having the energy to be able to perform in the gym and the rest is history. Yeah. And I, <laughs> so, I think what's so great about that is the ability to try something and then assess and then make small changes. It's not like you were trying to change everything all at once or be perfect with it. Like you, you went through the process of like, you know what, maybe I don't want to give up alcohol. I'm going to try lifting weights and seeing if exercise can be the method that I use to progress. And you saw some results, but you're like, you know what, I'm, I'm leaving some, some results on the table by not focusing on my nutrition and, you know, reducing my alcohol intake. And then you went to, okay, food quality, let's try to eliminate some processed foods, sugars. And then you're like, you know what, I really want some enjoyment in my life. And then going to macros, like how can I find a balanced approach that works for me? And I think a lot of times we often go from like zero to a hundred. We live in this like binary place of it has to be all in or all out. And like, usually the answer is somewhere in the middle. Um, so, mm -hmm. so what does it, what does it look like for you now? What's kind of like your, your routine of just, you know, eating, lifting, like managing stress. And I, and I also want to touch on the fact that like, you do have a lot on your plate being a nurse and coaching and having a family. Uh, so where does like the lifestyle component fit in for you? Yeah. So um, currently now um, I am intuitively eating. So 
It's, um, you know, the years of macro tracking, kind of learning the tools from that. Um, I didn't want to be one of those people who was like tied to tracking my food every single day. Um, so a couple of years ago, um, I actually hurt my back and just needed to put on weight after that injury, um, in a big way. So I let go of tracking and it really was like the best thing for me because it was like just being able to experience that, um, I can do this and I don't have to be tied to my fitness pal to still meet my goals. I have the information up here. It doesn't need to be so like rigid and black and white to meet our goals. Um, so then when I, you know, I did do like a cut last fall, I reintroduced tracking back into my life because that's, that to me is like how we get results quickly and efficiently and get it done and get it over and get out. Uh, once I get back into reverse into maintenance and I try to go into intuitive eating again. And then, so I have maintained that for the last um, year now. I'm just kind of hanging out here. I train five days a week in the gym. Um, walking is my main form of movement. That was like um, a game changer for me back when I hurt my back. I really had no idea like how impactful walking was and how important it was for the mobility of my back. So that's just something that I, it changed my life. Um, it affects my stress level is one of the ways that I do manage everything on my plate. Um, so yeah, I am working, you know, I'm working as a coach, um, part-time, I guess. And then I, I do have the nursing job uh, part-time. Um, it's not even really part-time, but, you know, plus the kids I'm fully responsible for. So um, there is a lot going on and my, you know, my kids have so many activities and just managing teenagers is a whole nother beast that I never expected. Um, so for me, it's like, I have to be on my like recovery. And for me, that is um, number one about getting proper sleep. It's like, there's so many things in my opinion that like you can't control in your life with your stress. You know, you can try and do all these things, relaxation, journaling, prayer. Um, but there's so much stress that you still, you know, can't really manage. Um, so it became very apparent to me that it was like, I, I have to get this sleep every night to make sure my body is recovering and getting that stress relief that it needs. So, um, I've been really big on that basically since, since I hurt my back about two years ago and it, it's been a complete game changer. It was like, again, that was another thing that I didn't really pay attention to before, even when I was like, quite lean. I was, you know, living on caffeine and I, I would stay up late to, to work on uh, work clients because I was also working as a nurse and getting minimal sleep. And, um, you know, it was also kind of confusing to me, like why I couldn't progress in the gym. Like, it, you know, the, these things are all tied together. It's, um, it's essential to have all of the moving parts together to get what you want. So, yeah. So a few things stood out to me and I think it's really important that like, I want to highlight this, that you were talking about recovery and not doing more. 
And mm-hmm. I also noticed that you didn't mention that you're doing hours of cardio every day and that the priority for you is, you know, am I fueling appropriately? Am I getting adequate sleep? Am I managing stress to the best of my ability with, you know, the controllables, the things that I can control. Mm-hmm. I know that you work with a lot of women over 40, which I often find that there's this mindset of always doing more because you're used to having a lot on your plate. You're used to running the household and managing the family and also working and trying to take care of your health and fitness. And a lot of times that's like the mindset is, well, what more can I do? Because I'm juggling a million things. So just add something else to my plate. Should I be doing extra cardio? Should I be, you know, fasting? Should I be doing this, whatever protocol? Um, So can you just talk to that a little bit about shifting out of that mindset? Like what helped you to go from, you know, the, the mindset of I'm, I'm running on caffeine, I'm not getting sleep to, I need to actually care about recovery. And maybe the answer is actually doing less. And I don't have to be doing hours of cardio a day. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think it takes a lot of people to like live it and experience it to realize that it doesn't work for you or it, it catches up with you and it, um, you know, you're not getting the results that you want and you're wondering why you can't change. And that was kind of, that was what had happened to me. I was, you know, I kind of thought I was eating enough and maintenance. Um, I was training six days a week in the gym and um, doing cardio. I mean, I, I never really did a crazy amount of cardio, but I was adding it to the end of my workouts. Um, and then I ended up hurting my back. I had a herniated disc. Um Prior to that time, I, thoughts in my head are going through like, why can't I get stronger in the gym? Like, what is going on? Why am I like, why am I never able to progress? You know, it wasn't like adding up to me. Um, so after I had my injury, I was basically forced to slow down, which I literally thought was like going to be the end of the world for myself. And I know it was like a huge fear of so many women, like, you know, they're worried about taking one week off. It was like, hell, I had to take eight weeks. I was forced to be out of the gym and do nothing for eight weeks. Um, so just like living that experience out and um, kind of coming to the appreciation of my health and realizing that I did need to slow down and that less was more. And um, I was going to need to be eating a lot more to fuel my workouts if I did want to ultimately change my body. Um, and it was hard for me to, to give up like that, to give into the more rest days things. It's like, you just think more, 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 more exercises, more days is going to give more results. And it's like, it couldn't be farther from the truth. You have to have that time off, um, to recover and grow. And so just living that out, I was basically forced to live it out. And then it was like, voila, my body started to change. And it was like, I was like growing glutes that I never even knew were possible after all of this. Like, so, um, you know, unfortunately, like I said, it took kind of having to do it the wrong way and, um, live that out. And, and then the injury was like terrible, but yet it it changed so many things about me. It made me like just have an appreciation for my body and health instead of like trying to pick it apart all the time, just being more like 
being thankful for what it can do and what I am able to bring to the table. Um, and, um, just going from there is, I don't know. And now that I have just realized that things don't have to be so, so I don't know, all in a hundred percent, a million miles an hour. It's just so much more like relaxing and enjoyable for me. Like, I don't want to be out there. I didn't love doing any of the cardio and all of that. I never that like, I hated that. And, um, it was like, how, how was I going to make this a lifestyle is something I hate. It's, I think people don't realize that it's like it, it can be enjoyable and you can still get the results that you want. It may not, it may be a little bit slower, you know, but so yeah, and I think that that's like the great irony of it all is when we do those things, we think we're shortcutting the process, but really it just delays the process in the yes. end. And I think to your point, like there is just a calmness and a peace of mind when you know, I don't have to do a million things at once. I don't have to go a million miles an hour. I can actually take my time, enjoy the process and it'll happen when it happens. I know that's a hard thing for people to hear, but what I always say is like, you've been doing it this way your whole life and you're still not happy with your results. You're still frustrated and feels like you're spinning your wheels and banging your head against the wall. What if we just took 12 weeks? Like you've been doing this for 12 years or longer. What if we just took 12 weeks and we tried it the other way just to see, so you can experience it for yourself. And that's usually like the, the light bulb moment when slow down and you actually prioritize recovery. And you mentioned, recognizing that you de- you needed to eat more to fuel your, your training and your recovery. And even when you're injured, needing to heal properly. Uh, mm-hmm. Something that we both talk about frequently um, is the need to not diet all the time and to not constantly pursue fat loss. And when you were talking about your protocol now, it was, you, it was basically my exact year long nutrition, whatever you want to call it, dieting phase. It's like, the entire year I'm not tracking, I'm in eating intuitively, I'm maintaining. And then I do one fat loss phase a year where I pull macros back out of my pocket. I use it for about eight to 12 weeks, depending on what I'm trying to achieve. And that's it. And then the rest of the year, it's back to intuitive. So um, can you talk about just the importance of not dieting all the time and what that does for your health and maintaining your muscle, your metabolism, your hormone health and um, just where you see that in, in, you know, as a necessity for so many women that are struggling right now. Right. So it's, I mean, it is just so imperative, not only for your body, but for your mind to take time away from that, like restrictive mindset, um, allowing things to reset, nourish your body actually be able to perform at your best, not only in your workouts, but in your life and in your relationships with others. Um, People start to eat more, their sleep improves. And, you know, it's like mind blowing to people, my clients, when they are getting good sleep, when they have never gotten good sleep, they, their mind is like blown. And it's like, yes, sleep is everything. It literally, if I have a bad night of sleep, I had one a couple nights ago, my like whole day is like ruined. Um, It's really hard for me to function. I'm, I'm eating all day. I'm, I'm irritable. Um, I, I feel ill. Um, 
So when people can get that in check, it's like that alone is, is a, a light bulb moment for them. But, um, you know, people, people still can't get out of their head that they think that they kind of think that, um, the lose fat, build muscle phenomenon applies to them just like indefinitely through their lifetime. And you're like, okay, that ship has sailed for so many of you. So, and just like you said, that isn't, that isn't working. So we need to try something different. Why are we continuing to try to do something that isn't serving you? Um, and that was like, for me, when I started eating food and like, all of a sudden I'm like putting on all of this, like muscle in my arms and my legs and able to actually like progress in the gym for the first time, like significantly. Um, it was just super eye opening. Um, and you know, I think it's important to like me being like a mom or, you know, if you have a, a spouse or partner in your life, like they need to see you like, take time away from that process too, and not be, um, so regimented about food and, and crazed about food. And maybe it's different for men. Like you don't, you don't, um, get so crazy about it like women do, but I mean, it causes them a lot of like stress and, and how am I going to handle eating out and how am I going to, and to me, I'm like, what do you mean? How are you going to handle it? You're just going to go out and you're just going to pick something off the menu and you're not going to overeat. Like to me, it seems very obvious because now I have lived this lifestyle, but you can see the stress that it provides these people. And, um, it's like, you know, the other thing that I think about all the time is the fact that when you aren't dieting all the time, when you do actually choose to do it, it actually will work and you can usually effectively get it done. You can dial in, be serious and then get the hell out, you know, as quick as possible and get back to what you knew was, was so great before when you're always doing it all the time. It's like, you know, one week on, Oh, I can't deal with this anymore. I'm going to go the week off and just this back and forth pattern all the time and just getting nowhere. I feel like so many people live, their life like that. And, and they're confused why they, why they can't make any progress. I want to take a quick break to tell you about Organifi literally has been saving me this week. This has not been the best week for my health. I've been fighting off a little bit of something. I don't know what it is. I don't know if you've ever felt like you're not sick, but you just don't feel a hundred percent. That's definitely been me. I started to notice it after the weekend, probably from lack of sleep and maybe a little too much fun in my weekend. But uh, what am I supposed to do? The Phillies are in the World Series. I'm going to enjoy it. And so Organifi Immunity has been a lifesaver. I've added that with the Organifi Green Juice. I don't take them at the same time. I start my morning with Green Juice, the crisp apple. It's absolutely delicious to make sure that I'm covered on my micronutrition, getting in my greens. And then I take the immunity, typically around midday. It is another important piece of the healing process and fighting off whatever it is that I'm dealing with. But it has kept me going. It has kept me feeling somewhat like myself. I have to say I'm probably like 
without that, I don't know how I would be feeling right now. I'm kind of a wuss when it comes to getting sick. Mel can tell you, um, I, I definitely have, I'm like the, the stereotypical male who bitches and moans about getting sick, but with Organifi coming to the rescue, I don't have to worry about that. And I get to spare Mel all of my complaining, maybe a, maybe a little bit of complaining. Anyway, you can get yourself 20% off Organifi green juice and Organifi immunity. And of course, you know, we love their gold juice. That would be the three. If you are trying to stay healthy and well this winter, as we head into winter and finish up the fall, it's important that you've got your micronutrition covered, that you've got your greens, that you've got your immunity uh, supported, and that you've got your wind down routine in place. Get yourself some gold juice. The gold chocolate is where it's at. Get yourself some green juice. The crisp apple is where it's at. And get yourself some immunity. Organifi.com slash popfam. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash P-O-P-F-A-M. Use code popfam at checkout. Back to the episode. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I want to go <laughs> back on what you said about obsessive thoughts around food and stressing about food. Um, I can tell you that it certainly applies to men, although I would say that most men aren't as open about it. Um, I've shared my own personal experience on here a number of times about my own disordered thinking around food and literally telling friends and family members that I was sick because I wanted to stay home and eat my chicken and broccoli. And I had to hit my macros to the gram. And if there was a meal that couldn't be perfectly tracked, it just drove my anxiety through the roof. Um, and, and it drove a wedge. I, I was previously married and, and that was a huge divide in our relationship was how mm-hmm. obsessed I was and stressed I was around food and vacations and being social. And I mean, that's a, ma- a major red flag. If you are going out with your family to dinner and you are stressing about how am I going to make this fit? How am I going to make this work? What do I eat? Is this going to set me back? That is a major red flag that a diet is probably not the answer. And it's probably going to make that worse. Now, my question for you is when somebody hears my my fear is always when somebody hears the message about eating more and stop dieting all the time, I think for the right person, it, it lands appropriately. But I think I also think about the person who's like, oh, great. Like Mike and Shannon are giving me permission to just eat whatever the fuck I want and like mm-hmm. eat like an asshole. Mm-hmm. Where do you find that like balance in somebody who is, let's say they are going out to eat and it's like, you know what, I'm just going to enjoy it. But how do we not completely overindulge and then let that like go into a justification of, well, I'm not dieting. So I'm going to drink wine every night and I'm going to eat whatever I want without any mindfulness or consideration for food quality or anything like that. Right. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is like, you'll hear a lot of people say, well, maintenance didn't work for me, you know, like, that's why I always stay in the diet because um, I gained all my weight back. And it's like, well, yeah, it, it wasn't maintenance. Like you, something, something turned sloppy and you turned that into a surplus. So, um, you know, with my clients, I typically try and have them track for a while into maintenance when, so they can get very comfortable with the process kind of, repeating the same meals, um, you know, not necessarily the exact same things, but these are the types of foods I like to eat in a week. You know, how am I going to kind of accomplish that in my week? And, um, 
getting comfortable with that process. And then I like to try and have them drop off tracking slowly if I can, you know, um, a meal, a day, a weekend and extending that. And um, just, you know, at the same time, while we're still monitoring our, our stats and um, also making sure that they understand that, you know, just because we're in maintenance, it doesn't mean we are maintaining our leanest weight. There is going to be some uh, water weight, uh, your glycogen refilling, that you are not going, I have had to have that conversation twice today. Um, people who are two pounds heavier than their, you know, their lowest cut weight. And, you know, that that's normal. That's not a state of emergency. That That is what maintenance is. Um, doesn't mean that it's fat. Um, so making sure people, you know, understand that as well. And the shift has to come away from the scale a little bit too. It's like, look at your overall physique, how you feel, um, let those uh, emotions in the gym kind of take over, focus on those, those uh, meeting those goals in the gym for me, take over everything. And it's like, that's where my focus is. I could care less what the scale says. When I'm like, when my numbers are increasing in the gym, that, that means the world to me. So it's like, change your focus to that because then you know that you are actually making changes to your body during this time. So then when you do want to cut down the road, you're going to see some progress. So, I mean, it's, it's a long road for a lot of people. I understand that I'm like, you know, a lot more advanced and maybe at a mentally different state. Um, Cause I don't get super worked up about my weight. Like I, I don't weigh in right now. I, I don't care what the scale says. I don't feel like I need to weigh a certain number. You know, so many women are like so attached to like weights in their life. And um, so it, it's just, it's a process. And yeah. I think it's important what you mentioned. Well, first of all, I want to just say that we should have this quote like printed on a t-shirt or tattooed on everybody. But your quote was maintenance does not mean maintaining your leanest weight. And I just right. want to reiterate that because it is so well said and, and really that needs to be hammered home. Um, but also your point about where else can we shift our focus? And I think that that's, again, I was somebody who struggled with my relationship with the scale. It was like my, my day was made if the scale went down and if it went up, I was miserable. And that's, that's no way to live life. And it's true when you can attach to something that's a little bit more meaningful in your, your progress in the gym or how you feel or how you're progressing in other areas of your life. Uh, it, it just, it's, it makes you, it puts things in perspective, like what's truly important here. And like the scale says what it says, it's going to fluctuate. It's going to do whatever, but like, look at, like you said, how your confidence, your strength, your performance, how are you recovering? How's your energy? Um, how's your sleep? All of these things that we can pay attention to. It's like, I'm actually doing really well. Even if the scale's up two pounds from when I cut, you know, it's okay. Like that's, that's normal. That's what should happen. Your body's responding how it's supposed to. Um, so it is something that can be improved. It's like your relationship with the scale is not set in stone. And it's just recognizing that maybe we have to take a little bit of a break to improve the relationship. Sometimes like any relationship walking away for a little bit and then coming mm -hmm. back to it is the exact thing that you need um, to be able to move forward. Um, I would love to know 
just because I know we have, we have a lot of clients that struggle with this. And I know a lot of women struggle with this in particular. When, when you do have those days where like everything is just, it's, it's just constant go, go, go. You're, you know, you maybe have a shift at work and then you've got coaching to do, and then your kids need you and you're running them around. How do you choose the quality option? Or I guess like even taking it from personal experience, when you were somebody who did default to, I'm going to unwind with some alcohol every single night, like what did you replace that with? And and what allows you now when, when stress is really high and things are kind of moving all over the place to show up and make quality decisions for yourself? Yeah. So, um, Absolutely. The walking is, um, you know, I needed it for my back and my recovery, but it has now turned into like a complete essential for my mental health. Um, so like yesterday, for example, I worked, um, it was a crazy day. My daughter had an appointment in the morning then I had to go to work and didn't sleep well. It just like, I got home and I was just like done. Um, so even when I feel like kind of super overwhelmed by my, by my work and everything, I make the point to go on these little walks. So, and I'm not like taking the time and going out for like a 45 minute walk. I'm literally like throwing on my jacket. I'm walking up and down my street for 10 to 15 minutes and just like taking a breather. Um, I'm not like listening to music or podcasts. It's not turning into this event. It is like, it is like a breather and kind of like a reflection for me. I try not to even get on my phone if I can and just like clear my head. Um, other things that work for me are um, like journaling and um, just kind of like writing out my thoughts Um now, every night I have made a point to, you know, put the work away and we kind of like do like a little bit of family time, even if it's just like 30 minutes on the couch to everybody kind of like decompress and like reconnect um, before the next day. So those are some strategies that work for me. I always go to bed on time, though, like that's kind of like a non-negotiable for me. Um, how about on the nutrition side with like maybe the tendency, uh, and maybe you can speak from, you know, some client examples, the tendency to go for convenience because, oh, I, I worked late, you know, day was crazy. I'm stressed out. I'm just going to like grab some Uber eats or DoorDash it or whatever, but like the, the need for quick and easy. And then, you know, it just, you, you make that decision in the moment. And then the next day you're like, ah, I really shouldn't have done that. But like, Anything that you can speak to from like either your perspective, client perspective, that's been helpful in that urge to choose convenience over quality? Yeah. Um, well, unfortunately, I do choose convenience a lot of times because of because of my busy life. Um, and but for me, I'm I'm in maintenance, so I have a lot of uh, calories to spend. And, you know, that just kind of goes back to my whole uh, thought process that most of your life should be living at maintenance. And um, when you live that lifestyle, then you don't feel like you need to go off the wall all the time. Um, for those people who, you know, maybe aren't in a maintenance period and just, you know, they, they're trying to manage stress and a calorie deficit. Um, 
you know, it's tempting to go off with your food plan. It, it is so important to have a plan and prepared food. Um, I just don't think there's any way to really be successful if you do not have stuff like ready to go and pre-planned your day so that you can stick to that and um, choosing high quality foods, hydrating, um, you know, otherwise it, it, it's, it's going to be very tempting to go, to go off and choose something easier. So if you never have anything ready to go, then of course it's going to be easier just to grab the Snickers bar <laughs> over the chicken breast. Um, and sleep plays such a huge part too. It's like, if you are, if you are getting adequate sleep, you, you don't feel this need to grab and pick up food all the time. I don't think people understand that. Like it, and maybe it's me because I have days where I don't sleep well and it, it, I am like a mess with food all day. It is a complete, I'm a completely different person where I'm, I'm looking for energy from food and sweets and, and stuff like that all day when I do not sleep well. When sleep is on point, I get none of that. I'm eating my meals. I feel satisfied by my meals. Um, I don't feel a need to like treat myself and you know, have a bunch of sugar or whatever. Yeah, completely. I'm, I'm the exact same way with sleep and then having a plan. Uh, if you're making those decisions in the moment, it's just, it's a slippery slope and it's very difficult to stay consistent when you're just trying to wing it every single night, especially if you have a high stress lifestyle. Um, we love convenience as well here. And like having some protein leftovers that we cooked the night before or having um, we have protein options that can literally be microwaved in like four minutes and ready. So there's always something that is convenient, but it's still mm. quality convenience versus just right. let's order. And I think even still, if I never feel off off guard, like let's say the kids want to order something and we're like, yeah, you know what? We're going to do that tonight. I always have options ready to go that I know, okay, at this place, I'm going to get this at this place. I'm, and I, I have that already in my head where if I'm trying to stay relatively on track, I know exactly what I'm going to order. And if it's a night that I really don't care, then I don't care. But again, because I'm in maintenance like you and I've got the calories to spare, it's not a big deal. I think that part of the issue is never taking that time to find true maintenance. And I think that's right. really the key. Um, how often do you see that people are assuming a maintenance number that's just what my fitness pal told them or what a calculator told them versus taking the time to actually build up a true maintenance that feels more sustainable. Yeah. All the time I get, I just got a few DMS about that. And you know, a, a lady who was like, I still don't have my period, but I'm eating 2,300 calories. Do I need to keep going up? It was like, yeah. Like what, what is making you think that 2,300 calories is the magic number? You know, like you need to continue to challenge your body. You know, if I was eating at whatever a calculator said, I would be eating like 400 calories less a day. So, um, you know, and it, a lot of this just goes back to the scale and people also thinking that they are supposed to maintain that lowest weight that they ever saw in their lifetime. It's like, you know, and, and people need to understand that when you are building muscle along your journey, you aren't going to see these like low weights like you saw back in the day. 
Like, I don't even want to think about what I would look like at 115 pounds, like now on my frame, like that would involve me losing um, muscle probably, but, you know, an extreme amount of fat where I would be, you know, such a low body fat percentage and um, just getting over that number, like that number does not equal like if you look good or not. Um, you know, I always say this, it's like, do you want a number or do you want to actually look good? Um, so, you know, I think a lot of that does come from people just thinking, oh yeah, I, I was 123 pounds. And so now I have to maintain that number. So my, so I will never push my maintenance up to where it actually should be. It's, I'm only going to go like a couple hundred up above my cut and then stay here and, you know, kind of start that process of adapting the metabolism to a lower number and the, the cycle, <laughs> the endless cycle of awful starts. Yeah, exactly. It's like, all right, I'm starting this process, but oh my God, the scale went up two pounds. So let me just cut back down and yes. never actually have time to allow your body to heal and to reset and to improve your metabolism. And, you know, and then it's just, well, I tried, but I started gaining fat. I was like, well, did you, or did you just freak out because the scale went up a little bit as it was supposed to do? Um, so I think that's like, right. sometimes they need to allow not. more time too. It's like, they're, they're going off of like one or two days and then cut back. And it's like, no, we need to, we need to try a couple of weeks here, three weeks, and we can always cut back, but we need to give it more time and more patience. Yeah. That's always the thing is like, what's, what's the rush? You know, if we can do this and we can make these results last forever, why are we, why are we panicked for one to two days? Mm -hmm. um, so the sense of urgency among women, you know, that's another thing. If that could die um, in a timeline, then people would be so much better off. It's like, if you quit putting these ridiculous expectations on you to look a certain way for a vacation or your 40th birthday, you would be so much happier. You would just be living your life where you're at, wherever you're at at that time. Uh, you don't feel the need to go into a cut just because you're going to the beach. Like you're just living out your plan and it just never ends. Your plan doesn't change based off of these events. <laughs> There's no, there's no magical finish line where we ride off into the sunset and all the work is done. It's a right. uh, And I think that there's, there's something to be said about that mindset, because if you were to ask somebody, if you were to take like anybody, really just anybody, just anybody that has a goal that they're trying to pursue when it comes to body composition, fat loss, health, wellness, whatever it is. And you were like, Hey, do you want these results forever? They would say, yes, of course. Then if you look at their actions, their actions tell a very different story. So right. you're saying you want this forever, but we're operating on this hyper-focused, like zoomed in timeline of it has to happen. I need X result by Y date. Otherwise I'm a failure. And then that cycle just kind of creates a negative feedback loop that unfortunately is difficult to break out of, but hopefully conversations like this are helpful. Yeah. Yeah, it, you know, I see a lot of people and just clients too, they just, they get sloppy in their reverse to maintenance. And then, you know, they kind of look at me panicked, like what happened, you know, and you're just kind of like, well, <laughs> you went on vacation and then you, you did this and, you know, the data's here. And 
Um, you know, you, you really, it, maintenance still does require some work and it isn't a free for all. It isn't um, mean that we just get to eat whatever we want. And um, I think people also kind of get confused too that, um, you know, after you lose some weight, you may not be able to eat what you did before. Like, you know, it's not, maybe not going to be some huge discrepancy, but you may not, just depending on what we're talking about, it's like, you may not be eating uh, 2,500 calories again. You're, you're a smaller person now. So I think a lot of people are confused about that too. Like they're just going right back to what they did before. It's like, no, 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 no. You, you need to, you're maintaining a little bit lower of a calorie level now. So completely. And I think that that's where shifting the focus to like maybe trying to build some muscle and seeing if we can get that maintenance a little bit higher uh, is always a worthy pursuit, even though uh, sometimes mentally it's difficult. Um, You know, I always say that building muscle is a slower and more arduous process than, than losing fat. Losing fat can be pretty simple. Um, Building muscle takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of work and, and, you know, and that's really, and it's the mindset shift of, needing to recover and needing to fuel appropriately and needing to challenge yourself in the gym and lift heavy enough to actually make a difference. So, um, but it is worth it, especially because I, I find that when somebody can really embrace that mindset, they stop focusing so much on the scale. They stop, you know, obsessing over the one to two pound fluctuations and they're yes. just like, you know, I, I lifted heavier this week. I'm, I'm so excited then, you know, that's when the long-term sustainability really comes into play. Right. And not being hyper-focused on being lean all the time, seeing the benefits outside of that, the quality of life that comes with that. And um, yeah, it's endless. (laughs) Completely agree. Uh, Well, I want to be respectful of your time, but I would love it if you could share with everybody where they can stay connected with you. um, If they have any questions about your coaching program or just want to follow all the stuff that you've got going on, what's the best place to do that? So you can reach out to me on Instagram anytime um, at the gym nurse. Um, I also am available on my website which is thegymnurse.com. So either of those, I try to be very responsive to my DMs as much as possible. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate all the work that you do and uh, for the conversation and everybody go follow Shannon right now. And uh, I appreciate (laughs) it. We'll we'll stay in touch. Perfect. I look forward to seeing you at the conference. Yeah, for sure. It'll be fun. Um, That's another thing. Everybody should go get your tickets for the Real Coaches Summit in March. Um, I'll post a link to that in the show notes so you guys can uh, go see us speak and hopefully learn a thing or two. (laughs) Awesome. Take care.